0: This is a special bonus before and after two-part series with Roz Galati. Roz is the founder of Ask Roz, She Travels and co-host of the Mates and Rates podcast. She's traveled to over 50 countries and hails from Australia. She's lived in the US for over 12 years and whenever I connect with Roz, I'm inspired to dust off my passport and go on an adventure. Based on the feedback and questions I received from episode three, Expand Your Consciousness with Breathwork and Psychedelics, I thought it would be fun to do a before and after series with Roz, who is going to have a ceremony with Jessica in the next few weeks. So without further ado, welcome to the Project Happy Place podcast, Roz.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of the Project Happy
0: Place. Yay. So this is part one. Like I said, a two-part series. And I wanted to give listeners a little bit more about you and your background, because this is not going to be your first alternative medicine, if you will, kind of experience. Mm-hmm. So I usually like to start with baby steps, but there's really no way to start with baby steps when we talk about your experience with ayahuasca. So <laughs> dive right in. <laughs> let's just dive right in. And in a couple minutes, if you could just start and tell people... What was the why behind your retreat and when and where you went? Definitely. Um, So just
1: as a person, I've never been somebody who likes to have like a lot of emotions and feelings. I'm very candid with my friends, very honest and, uh, I guess that's kind of how I handle my day-to-day as well. And so I tend to bury a lot of things and I had gone through some grief and some loss and I was feeling a little bit stagnant in my work and just kind of like it wasn't going anywhere. And I wasn't really being kind to myself. I wasn't treating myself very well. I was using going out and drinking and partying as an excuse just to avoid, I guess, certain feelings that I was experiencing and it ended up just manifesting in a way that wasn't healthy and was, making it worse. It was just like a cycle of, you know, adding to the problems. So I started just looking for an alternative. I, I didn't respond well to therapy. I don't like talking about my problems. Again, it comes down to like not wanting to address, you know, I guess in speech, the um, thoughts and feelings that I'm having. And I didn't want to be medicated either, because for me, I recognized my, what I was going through is circumstantial. You know, it was, it was about something I could, I could pinpoint what it was about. And so I didn't want to kind of create a mask for myself. I wanted to handle it and learn from it and make new habits. And so I started Googling retreats and I looked at silent retreats. I looked at yoga retreats and then Ayahuasca came up and I was so just interested in this, you know, this option that really just eluded me and I didn't know much about it. And it was very exciting for me. And I just signed up. I honestly just signed up. Um, I did a little bit of research and knew that I didn't want to go to a big, a big group. I wanted about um, probably no more than eight or 10 people. There are some huge retreats out there that are over 40 people. Uh, And I ended up signing up for a new life ayahuasca in Costa Rica. And it was an incredible experience. And I guess we'll get into the, what happened later shortly, but yeah, I just was looking for something that would kind of aggressively shake me up, you know, that would make me confront things and not where I was in a state where I could get in my head about thinking too much about it, if that makes
0: sense. Totally. I mean, I relate to that entirely because for me, it was a similar experience when I was dealing with the kind of injury that I had, and going through mm-hmm. all of the different steps of our traditional medicine, and then was referred to a pain management doctor. Going to the pan management doctor, even just sitting in the waiting room, there's all these flyers about opioid addiction, mm-hmm. and you're signing your life away, and it's like, you cannot connect with us on the weekend for a, a refill. And, you know, it works for certain people. Mm -hmm. For me, that was the point in time where I said, "Mm, we're not going to continue down this path. (laughs) This is kind of of me. And I want to explore alternative ways of healing. So Mm -hmm. you did a really fun kind of before and after podcast um, on who invited her. So I'm definitely going to include links because you go into depth about your experience with the ayahuasca retreat in that um, podcast so I will um, include links to that if people want to listen but what I really took away from your ayahuasca experience which is going to segue into your working with Jessica kind of this before Mm -hmm. part is your intention setting so it sounds like you did intention setting for the ayahuasca and can you explain a little bit more about what your intention was going into that experience and then kind of definitely out of it
1: yeah, definitely. So I went into the ayahuasca ceremony prepared to face whatever I had managed to bury and ignore. Mm-hmm. And I knew I knew at the heart of things. I think anybody who knows me, I, I'm not I'm a kind person, I'm a good person at heart, but I was a little bit curious as to what had happened to all those just negativity and, and negative experiences experiences and traumatic experiences that I had buried, you know, and not addressed and what that had facilitated and what that had turned into. Um, and so when I went into the ayahuasca ceremony, I went in and I was, you know, it was a courage and bravery in the face of the truth, which it kind of sounds very like, I don't know, it was when I wrote it, it didn't sound so aggressive at the time, but I just wanted to be brave in whatever the ayahuasca was going to show me. And they say that with ayahuasca, and I think with any psychedelic, that it gives you what you need versus what you want which is why people shouldn't treat these drugs as like, you know, uh, as a party thing. It's not like, oh, I'm going to do this and just try it. it. It needs to be respected and you need to go into it knowing that it might show you something that you don't necessarily want to see. And that's why the respect for the process and the having the intention is so important because you come back to your intention when you're know when you having those experiences um, just to remind you why you did this.
0: Totally. And you mentioned in that, um, experience that you were nervous as you got mm. to the retreat location in Costa Rica and i um, curious how you're kind of feeling now you have been through the process before in a way using a different type of medicine mm-hmm. but how are you feeling now as you go into your kind of retreat with Jessica I'm excited. Um, so with
1: the, with the, with the Costa Rican one, I wasn't nervous at all until I started approaching when I was literally driving down the di- driveway. It was the very last minute that it kind of set in. I was like, oh, wow, this is happening. Um, and so I think this time as well around again, I'm excited. You know, I know the benefit and the long-term benefit that it had for me with ayahuasca. So I can only hope, you know, for, um, not the same, but like, you know, more, more eye-opening experiences that are going to put me in a place where I can keep growing. Um, And so knowing what I did the first time, it's exciting to see what will happen the next time and what's changed since then.
0: Definitely. And like what you said, it's not a one-time, one-and-you're-done type of experience. It's really, and Jessica mentions it too in the podcast, is that it's almost as though you're downloading new software Mm -hmm. and you need to learn how to use it and you have to do the work afterwards it's like you could just watch a movie and then that's it oh oh, that was nice that was fun but like with this it's really getting a whole new like set of tools that you then have Mm -hmm. to put into practice so i can see how after going through the experience a couple of years ago feeling like okay like some things have changed in my life i want to kind of see what comes up next and when you said you're excited i hear (laughs) that at the end i can tell oh there's a little like question mark apostrophe there you know i
1: did i think so i mean there's always something might come up you know there's a reason why i want to do this again it's maintenance you know i want to keep improving and and keep you know just keep moving forward so who knows what else i've managed to bury in the last two and a half years that now needs to come to the surface um so yeah i guess we'll see
0: Well, it has been an interesting past few years to say the least. So now more than ever, I feel like is a good time to figure out like what's going on after we've lived through and are currently still going through such a crazy time in our lives. Yes. So if you feel comfortable with sharing your intention this go around, I would love to kind of hear what that is now. And then we'll get to kind of circle back with you after you go through the ceremony to see what did come up.
1: Yeah, definitely. So when I met with Jess, um, we, were, we were chatting and at the time I'd actually just broken up with somebody. So I think I was probably more focused on, I guess, the repair of those feelings. Um, and so at the time, I, we had decided that my intention would be to release the weight that was preventing me from accessing my creative power and self-love that I desire. And that was also related to work because at the time I was, I'm going to say I was underpaid and underutilized and I was bored. I was bored and I needed more stimulation. And since then, though, a lot's changed just in my day to day. Mm. Um, So I kind of need to revisit that intention because I feel like as far as a creative is going, um, that's that's already kind of something that I've been working on. And I've been doing a lot of meditation on the chakras and a lot of Reiki as well. So I think that's kind of put me in a place where the intention as far as releasing weight and accessing creative energy, I'm doing that already, you know, with all the tools I've already learned. So now I need to revisit it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think at this stage, it's again, a feeling of what's next. What can I do to level up? I think your experience, Jane, was so empowering, just the way that you had, a 360, like so quickly, you know, and literally just threw caution to the wind. I'm like, I could never, I could that's never awesome. do that. I was so inspired. I'm like, that's insane. Just you know, it was such a quick change, and you're going after it. And so, I think for me, I want I probably am not capable of doing the same thing, um, but definitely interested in what maybe are blockages that I have that are stopping me from maybe trying other things that could work out, you know, the bravery again to try something new and not always be so methodical and trepidatious.
0: Totally. And it's almost as though, I mean, I know you kind of talked about therapy a little bit, but it just really packs years of therapy into really a couple does. of hours. And what I think is so interesting is it's the the stuff just is going to come to the surface. So it does, all by itself. It's it's there, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, and you can keep like putting it off and, you know, ignoring it, but ultimately it's there. And you know what is so interesting? It's just, I was actually reading through my journal this morning because I do like a morning meditation practice and I Mm -hmm. went back to the beginning and Jessica says something constantly now, which I, it really sticks with me. It's like how you do anything is how you do everything. Yes. She says that on repeat. And I'm like, I had, <laughs> I had heard somebody say that years and like wrote it in my journal and I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. So I just think it's so, and like you're saying, I throw a caution to the wind and I do feel like from the outside looking in, that's kind of what happened. But really, I mean, for <laughs> years I... Been Probably even my whole it. lifetime, I've been thinking about it. I've wanted to be an entrepreneur. I even look back on like things that I did and thought, oh, that really was like pulling me in that direction. So mm-hmm. it kind of can be the catalyst to major change for people, which I think is what's so interesting about the whole experience. And like what you said, you kind of want to figure out like, what's the next level for you mm-hmm. to how to live your most like meaningful and purposeful life. And that's what I've always been so inspired by you, it's that, you know, you have this passion for travel and you've always really been at the cutting edge of like, Oh, these are like fun countries to visit to. And you just go for it. And you kind of (laughs) like live against the grain in that sense where you figure out what you're passionate about, what you want to do, and you've crafted a life where you get to live in that way. And it's not to say that that's always like easy to do. It can be more difficult than living a more like conventional life with a certain type of career. But that's what I'm so inspired by you by. It's just that passion for travel, for doing what you love. And people see that in you. And it really resonates with the type of people that are attracted to you and the kind of, you know, expert that you've become in travel for, for certain people. So... So, (laughs) yes, I mean, I'm just so excited for you. I'm so excited to kind of circle back with you after you go through the experience. And in closing, I mean, is there anything else that you kind of want to share about fears or questions like going into into this? You know,
1: I, uh, I love music. For me, if I could communicate just through like, providing songs about expressing how I feel I would um, so a lot of the times that I am having like maybe I'm feeling sad or something if I play a song it will bring up the, the issue that I'm mm. dealing with and I'll face it so it's interesting if I just try and sit there and with it myself it won't work but if I play music or a certain song that will evoke the feelings it's like it's a magic spell and it brings it all to the surface for me um, and I think with anything like this it's It's amazing. The song by the Rolling Stones, you don't always get what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you try sometimes, you get what you need. And that's what these experiences are for. You know, you might not necessarily know what it is that you want. but You might know something is you know needs to change. And if you just try something different, you'll get what you need. You have to step out of the boundary and out of the comfort zone to do that.
0: Yes. And you are open to that, which I think is going to make it an even more magical experience as well. You have to be ready and willing and open to- Yeah. You have to get out of your own way. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. Well, good luck. (laughs) Thank you. you. (laughs) And I cannot wait to connect with you afterwards to see how your experience went. So to give everyone a little recap, Roz was on my podcast, and we were talking about her impending journey with a plant-based medicine ceremony. So Roz has participated in an ayahuasca retreat in the past. And that was a few years ago. So she felt like now was going to be a good time to kind of revisit some things. So as part of this process, you set an intention prior to your ceremony about a week prior. So I'm just going to start by asking Roz what her kind of final intention was, because I know that it was kind of up in the air when we last spoke. So I wanna welcome you back to the podcast to share about your experience.
1: Thank you, thank you for welcome welcoming me back. I'm yeah, super excited to chat about this with you because we've, we've had similar experiences, at least with the plant-based medicine. Um, but you're right, uh, the intention was, I was kind of juggling whether I should change it. I didn't feel like it was necessarily everything that I wanted it to be, so I actually, after giving it some thought, i ended up i went with it. I went with the same one, which was essentially to release uh release weight that was causing creative blockages in the end um and yeah i I believe that has occurred more or at least <laughs> <laughs> I believe we have gotten to the root of the problem, and now um I'm in the what I call the unpacking phase. <laughs>
0: Very cool. So for people that have never experienced something like this, can you explain a little bit about the process kind of leading up to this a couple of days prior and to maybe, you know, what you were feeling going into it? Because I know you have experienced ayahuasca in the past, so this wasn't new to you, but I'm just Mm -hmm. curious if there were any nerves and how you were feeling going into this, this ceremony.
1: I wasn't nervous until about maybe 10 minutes into it. (laughs) <laughs> when oh. actually, yeah! I was pretty confident I've because I've done the ayahuasca before, I know that it's not, not the most comfortable experience and I know that this plant-based medicine though is a lot more gentle on the stomach, right? So I was considering like the physical effects are not going to be as alarming, but I definitely started getting nervous. I started to get a bit emotional when mm-hmm. we sat down to start the ceremony. And I thought now I'm nervous about five minutes (laughs) into like opening up the space. I was just thinking, okay, who the hell knows what's about to come up? Like, this is crazy. Um, so a few days beforehand, though, it's important to do almost like a cleanse. You don't have to be super, I think, strict, as strict as I was with ayahuasca, where you had to keep a very bland diet for 10 days. Uh, In this case, it was more things like no over-the-counter medication, a prescription medication, alcohol, um, a a vegan or vegetarian diet. So I kept to that for about a week, about seven days leading up to it. And I also, and I don't know if this is, this is not technically part of the preparation process, but I did it for ayahuasca and I did it again. I kind of just alleviated some just surface issues that I knew that I had with some people. So I didn't want that to like invade my space. <laughs> I didn't want, you know, some things to come up when I'm trying to dig deeper. Right. So I didn't want, you know, maybe somebody that I've been trying to reach out to, to come to the service. So I just, I reached out to a few people that I hadn't heard from from a while that maybe I was giving space because I just wasn't thrilled with the you know, last interaction. Um, and it was good because when I did go into the ceremony, those things didn't come up. And actually one of them did, and I met it with a lot of kindness and grace. So it actually was really good for me to just get rid of that surface crap, you know? Just like, yeah.
0: that
1: you're trying to dig deeper into your true self here, not deal with like petty things on the surface. So I like to clear that space, the mental space, as well as the physical space when I do plant-based medicine.
0: That's really smart. It's funny because in a sense, it's like, here she goes, <laughs> <She's> trying to... <laughs> trying to get things in line for her ceremony. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, that doesn't surprise me that you would approach it in that way. You're a very organized um, individual. So I like, I like that you it. have that approach to things. That's that's very smart. So like you said, you eat a pretty clean diet. You mm-hmm. set an intention a week prior. You meditate on that, yes. you know, leading up to it. If you're raws, you make sure other surface area stuff is, is clear Weird. and you're good to go there so then the day of the ceremony you weren't nervous until you were already a few minutes into it which again is kind of comical it's like well there's no going back now exactly once
1: I started sipping from that cup I was like okay this is it, you're the yes. now.
0: <laughs> so now that you're kind of a couple minutes in, how mm. did it feel? What kind of came up? And the things that came up, were you surprised by them? I was, I was so surprised. I
1: the, the ceremony for me, I thought that grief would be the biggest thing for me to work through. Having lost my mother and my best friend in a short space of time, I would have thought that the things that were blocking me from reaching my potential or from being more motivated or more creative, I honestly thought that had to be it. There, could, there can't be anything else. I don't feel like I have any other things that are stopping me. Uh, I'm not somebody who has been in therapy either, so I'm not essentially working on anything ongoing. So I really had no idea, apart from grief, what could possibly come up. Um, and it just started and I just started talking about certain things. And you know, once you open the space of the ceremony and then you lay down, it definitely all just kind of, I just started talking, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was talking about family and talking about relationships and just, and I did start to become very emotional about like, you know, the loss. And it was actually a really wonderful sensation though, because even though I was sad, it felt very warming. Like it felt very calm that I had accepted this reality. And that was very reassuring for me um, to just recognize that you can have this grief; it's a part of you, but you've accepted this, and you've, you know, you've kind of made it a part of yourself, and then moved on to the next thing. Um, and then just with that, it kind of segued into an experience that I had when I was eleven. And I know this experience; this is not an experience to me that I had blocked from my memory. I clearly knew about it. It was something that I never considered to be an issue. And from that, you know, that is when, uh, we stopped and said, okay, I, this is potentially the route we're going to stop here, you know, take a human break, right? Because they're very important. (laughs) So you get up, Mm -hmm. go to the restroom, come back, and then you get back into that position and you know, it's like, okay, we're going into this, it's going to be uncomfortable, we're going to do this. And we went into that memory and essentially unpacked it and looked at what the impact of that moment in my life has then brought on for the rest of my life and what that moment, uh, I guess paved, not paved, but conditioned me in a certain way. Um, And what we found was, was 11 actually impacted me in a way that it made me believe or feel that my needs were not as valid as somebody else's. And that mine came second, mm. and that's something very powerful when you're 11 years old to comprehend. You know, when I think back on that memory, I don't think back on it and think that why, like, what, what, like, what's, what's, why are my needs as important? I think back on that and think, okay, that's just the way it is. Okay, this is what I'm being taught. So that has actually shaped me now today when I think about my relationships with people or how I handle things, I am very independent, but to a point where it's actually slightly toxic. So Mm -hmm. instead of asking for help or, you know, maybe going to my friends just for like emotional, like alleviation, I guess like just call a friend and say, Hey, can I just like, just like vent to you for a second? I'm likely just to become very recluse and that recluse activity, then leads to me overeating, sleeping too much, which is almost a depressive cycle, right? So I'm bringing it on myself. And normally in about three to four weeks, I emerge and I go back to my friends and I'll mm-hmm. always maintain contact with people. I always like text them and don't really, uh, I guess, let on that I'm doing anything. Cause to me, I don't actually feel like I'm doing anything that's like bad. But when I look at it now that I've had this experience, I'm like, oh, I can see exactly the the behavior and the red flags and i can see what it is that triggers me and it it all comes down to if i feel overwhelmed and it could be a good thing or a bad thing just something in general i tend to just kind of lock down i guess is the best way to describe it and handle it um and it made me realize that when i left australia a lot of people commented to me why it was so easy for me to leave my family i think because for a long time i had been handling my emotional growth on my own. Right. So apart from putting food in my belly and a roof over my head and providing love, as far as emotional, like counseling goes and growth that kind of started and stopped almost when I was 11 I just kind of took it under my own wing and, and, and handled it for myself. Um, and so that was really powerful. That was really powerful to realize that and now just the unpacking of all of that because i I, maybe you might like understand this expression but i feel like i've downloaded another person and i don't know what to do with her yet
0: (laughs) Uh, well she's as fabulous as V one i think you'll be just fine um i like i feel like i've
1: incorporated this information like new software has been downloaded and installed and i'm feeling very fragile i think at the moment is the best way like it's a good thing, it's a good fragility, but it's still very like, I've got this information now how How do I integrate this? How do I unpack this in a way that it keeps me on course? I don't want to have to have gone through all that to then end up not you know, right. getting not in, not integrating it properly to where I'm in a better place, where I can be creative.
0: Yeah, it's like once you know better, you do better, and exactly with this information now it's a lot because you've lived how many years of your life. Right. Thinking not understanding, right. Handling a different way. And then what is so interesting about these experiences are that you're unlocking things in your subconscious or traumas that you didn't even know necessarily exist. And what I was talking to Jessica about when she was on the podcast, what people have said is like, even if you are nervous about it, afraid of what might come up, it's there whether you want to accept that fact or not.
1: (laughs) Right. And I think that says a lot about the preparedness going into it because I've spoken to some friends since who are very interested and many of them have mentioned, like, I don't think I'm ready to confront that. And Mm -hmm. essentially when you are ready is when it's time because it's going to happen, right? Something's going to come up. You're not going to sit there for however many hours and just look at the pretty colors. Mm -hmm. You're going to you're there to do some work. And it was work I mean it was really emotional upheaval Um, towards the end when we were like talking to 11 year old Roz I actually felt like I was talking to a miniature version of myself and I could see myself in that room and I could see the confusion in her face and I could Mm. see how she was so confused by what was happening and then at the end of it and this was actually uh, just what I think it was so beautiful it felt really nurturing in the end so once we had closed the loop on that and we had cut that cord um Mm -hmm. this like overwhelming sense of warmth came over me like i was swaddled like as if i was a baby and i even like smiled and i had like i shed like one tear of like just a happy tear just kind of rolled down my cheek and it kind of reminded me of what i imagine a parent would feel like when they hold their child for a first time which i know is very elaborate because i'm not a parent but I imagine that that is what that, that love felt like. It felt like a loving warmth that almost like cradling just like this new person that I am. And it was, I just did not want to get up, like just packed up around me. And I was still laying there just happy as I but ha- like just so happy. I just like, I just want to stay here in this like swaddled sensation. I know. <laughs> I know. Like a baby in a crib right now. I was happy.
0: <laughs> it's almost like you feel, you can see things with such clarity. Yes. At that moment that, that it feels yeah. so like comforting, like you've un- almost blissful. unlocked this secret. It's blissful. Mm-hmm. It's just like this this intense, powerful level of
1: bliss where you're just, you feel safe and you feel aware of so much more of your just intentionality and what's possible. And I mean, but it's also very like powerful in the way that it's it's very heavy. Like you have all this information now, what are you going to do with it?
0: Right, and I think (laughs) that um, you are participating in some of the integration circles, which is really important. And um, so what does that look like? So now that you have this information, what are kind of the next steps after the ceremony?
1: Right, so I have opted into some private uh, integration sessions with Jessica and also the group ones. Um, The integration process is really, I guess i mean it's it'll it helps you unpack what you've learned and apply it so that it can be an ongoing and constant change um and i need it's i made a joke to jess about this afterwards i said i feel like now i need therapy like before i <laughs> couldn't have told you why and that's why talk therapy didn't work for me because i was like i'm just sitting here complaining for hours on end i don't have other issues i just have regular person woes right <laughs> and now that i know what that behavior is and what caused it, now I could use that help. Like now I need help to reassess what I'm doing and change the behavior and, and look for the red flags when it's when it comes up. So I don't continue to do this. Um, and so the integration is is very important to, I think a reminder that wherever you've kind of started, to continue on in that process, because you are surrounded by people in the group who've also gone through it and their stories, and it kind of jolts you to be reminded of, oh yeah, I remember I had a similar experience, or I feel the same way, or just even hearing from other people and what they've gone through um, and how they're integrating it into their daily life. You can get like ideas and tips and tricks, and it's, I think, just really beneficial all around to have somebody help you unpack what you've learned so that you can get the most out of it
0: yeah that's I think the piece that's so important in this is to have yourself surrounded by the other like minded people in a community that will support mm-hmm. you, understand where you're coming from and yeah, totally. really like learning from each other and um I participated in a breath work workshop recently with Jessica, and she was mm-hmm. saying you know something similar, and I'm excited for you to participate in the retreat in a couple of weeks because I feel like you create these building blocks (laughs) and who knows what will come up next time because with the breath work, you can definitely tap into very similar states, which is just so fascinating to me.
1: It is. And there were times during the ceremony where just like, I could feel her like nudge me physically because I needed that. I was, there were times where I was seeing such beautiful, beautiful, like visions and i was almost being um sidetracked by, by what mm. i was seeing this is like what i'm here to do and i'm like oh yeah we're here to do something right now <laughs> i can thank you yes we were we were talking and I, I i would just go silent well at least i thought i was going muted at points just kind of like oh this is beautiful and then i'm like oh Roz, we're here we're working we're working on something like, oh yeah. yes yes we are so i'm excited for the retreat and the breath work because I think next steps are, you know, to work out how to access that while I integrate this new individual into society.
0: Yes, (laughs) well, I cannot wait to continue a friendship with this individual. So thank you for being here and for sharing with the listeners kind of the before and after, because it just gives people another kind of look behind the curtain of what to expect in an experience like this. So I'm so excited for you, for the journey that you're on and to be a part of this. Thank you for tuning in. Please rate and subscribe the podcast on Apple Podcasts or listen on Spotify. It's been my pleasure having you this episode and I look forward to having you join my final episode of season one, which will be released in two weeks. Have a wonderful day.